Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And ladies and gentlemen, today I got my guy, Big A, Anthony Richardson, back on the show with me. And we got to talk about Bronny James. And the reason why I had to have this guy tell me about Bronny James is because it's been a whole lot of discussion about Bronny James. And to be honest with you, I have never really seen the kid play for real. And my guy, Big A, had the pleasure of watching the AAU tournament this weekend. And he got to see firsthand Bronny James. So, Big A, first of all, welcome to the show, my brother. Thanks, man. Like always, I'm glad to be here, bro. And let's just get right into it, man. Tell me, is Bronny James as good as advertised? Or is it all bullshit? <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I went back to my uh, my old talent evaluation days. And uh, when I was doing talent evaluation for Big 3 Scouting, um, I used to tell a gentleman that I worked for that when I assess a player, I have to do two channels on him. I have to judge him on skill set and mindset. Right. And I add these two scores together to get that final grade. So let me start right in on the skill set. And, you know, I talked about it on Facebook. I gave everybody what I saw on Friday night, the first game. I thought this guy was smooth and under control the whole game. He looked better than he did a year ago. So I actually saw him a year ago on ESPN in a game, and he looked real rough to me. But I saw a complete turnaround on his control and his smoothness. Excellent, excellent court vision for a high school player. Probably as good as I've seen for a high school player. And an excellent passer. You can you can literally see the LeBron James teaching in his game. I mean, you know, the, the court vision that you see. He hit a bunch of guys in the back of the head with passes. He was outstanding as a passer and running the game from the point. Um. As a score, you know, he had three threes at the half, but he probably missed more than he hit. And he's just not a pure shooter. And his shot selection was all over the place. It was like, I don't really know if he had a plan in regard to how he was going to get himself into the game offensively. And one of the worst things about this guy, and this was in both games, I saw it in the first game, obviously initially he literally refuses to attack the basket he plays the game from behind the three-point line really at both ends of the court because he won't come under the three-point line on defense as well let me let me let me stop you for a second and let's 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 expand on that a little bit right because i'm gonna give you some examples of of some guys that i seen that was the same way like Lamelo ball was like that on defense yep do you think that um, or let me ask you, why do you think that some of these guys just don't pay any attention to defense and try to learn it later after they've already like established a pro career? Because Lonzo Ball was kind of the same way, and mm-hmm. Lamelo Ball played zero defense in high school. Right. Um, I don't think it gets you headlines. I don't think it gets you rated higher in these recruiting services. I think it's points, passing, and flash that gets you hyped up, gets you the IG followers, and I think that's what they concentrate on. Um, I was kind of dumbfounded that I saw this in LeBron, though, because I think, as I said, his offensive game – had LeBron's footprint all over it. I would have thought that LeBron, if that's going to be his coach, and I'll get into later why I'm saying that LeBron is his coach, I would have thought that he would have been very groomed at the defensive end of the court. I was very surprised, especially, and I had read uh, some scouting services talking about how we had gotten better on defense. I didn't see any defense. And so I don't really understand, as you say, with LaMelo and uh, and some of these guys that you saw coming up through the high school ranks, I'm going to say that it's not pushed. And that's why we're not seeing them play defense. I got you. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so continue to just tell me about his game then. So you said that um, you know, you said that he he refuses to attack the basket, right? And that's one of the things that his father gets criticized for. But exactly. it's mostly in late game situations, right? Exactly. But 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 earlier in LeBron James's career, and in the early parts of the game, he did always attack the basket. So why do you think his son has, you know, not really developed that type of um? you know, or that ability in his game to get to the hole? I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I don't know if there isn't some kind of, um, what do I want to call it? Some kind of, you know, internal disagreement amongst the two. Because there, it seems that, you know, he, he's very well-groomed on offense again. But some of the things that I've seen LeBron in there, as you mentioned, that was one of his early criticisms that he'll settle for jump shots at the end of the game. He wouldn't attack the basket. It's almost like he was scared to go to the free throw line. And um, so I, I got to imagine that LeBron wants to see something different out of him as well. And, and since we talk about this, he was an outstanding free throw shooter the other night. You could just tell he only shot four free throws. But his base at the line, not one of the shots touched the nets. I think I put it in my fake book post that this is the type of guy that you want to shoot your technicals. He he looked that polished at the free throw line. All right. Um, so you said you ended up watching him two games, right? And you said that the second game you was extremely disappointed, right? Right. So what did you see out of him in the second game? Well, nothing. <laughs> there was it to me, and I, I hate even saying this because I don't have video evidence of it, but I saw him yawning on the bench before the game. Mm. There was just a sense that he didn't want to be there. And I, I don't know why. I, I was um, I was more than willing to say in game one, because I didn't see any energy at the defensive end, that maybe he was jet lagged. I don't know when he got in town. You know, they're coming from California. I don't know if they got in town early that day. Maybe it was jet lag. In the first game, I just didn't see any defense. But he seemed to have a little bit of pop on offense. In the second game, you know, Derek, I want to lie to you, really, because, you know, the LeBron haters go come out when I say this, but he literally done nothing in the second game. I never saw him run. He, he was shuffling his feet the whole time. He only scored two points. Shot about nine times. Every time he shot, he kind of reluctantly shot it. it. It was never in rhythm. He just didn't seem like he wanted to be there in that second game. And there was a sense about him, even when he wasn't in the game, he was on the bench. He was just twisting his hair. It was like he wasn't in the game. He was just like, I would say he had the enthusiasm of a factory worker that just got told he had to work a double shift, you know, like he looked like he was at work and didn't want to be at work. Got you. Um, would you say that he was the most talented kid on the court or were there kids out there that you feel like was better than him? I saw several kids that I thought were better than him, but I said I was going to do this in this, um, in this podcast with you. I'm not going to mention any of the other guys. I'm going to do a blog post later and then I'm going to mention who I thought were the better players on the court but I'm going to say oh my god LeBron out of all the games that I saw in that gym you're talking about six different teams he wouldn't have been on the first team if I'd have picked an all a all tournament team he wouldn't have been on the first team mm. and I would be struggling to put him on the second team after the second showing, if he'd have gave me what he gave me in the first game and the second game, he would have might have been on the second team. Right. So when you say that um that he didn't really give any effort on defense, um, explain exactly what you what you seen on with his defensive effort. Okay. Uh, you know, in any kind of switching situation, so like last night, um, if he's passing his man off to somebody else and then switching over to the to the pick man. He literally didn't switch off to the pick man. It was just like he was letting his man go and then just falling in space once the once the the uh the the pick man can't roll to the basket. He wasn't even following it. He was literally just not playing defense. Uh -huh. uh, 
he wouldn't put his hands up on shooters. He was literally man shoot in front of his face or, or wouldn't leave in the ground. He would just put his hand up. In the few times that he got caught in a one-on-one situation, he was literally dominated. I saw him literally just pushed to the basket by another kid that didn't seem to be bigger or stronger than him. Um, in another incident, he was he was never trying to block shots. He was always trying to swat them before the player got him up past his waist. And if they got him up past his waist, he wouldn't even put his hands up further to try to make the shot harder. He just wasn't playing defense. It's hard to describe it if you weren't there because I was surprised to, to see what I was seeing. I mean, this guy intentionally just wasn't playing defense in that second game. He kind of you know, done a little bit of handsy in the first game, but really he wasn't energized at the defensive end in the first game. In the second game, literally made up his mind. He wasn't going to play defense, and he was looking at the clock the whole time like he just wanted the game to hurry up and end. Hmm. And um, did they end up winning either of those con- uh, contests? Didn't win, didn't win any of those games. They got beat by 30 last night. The first game, it was a it was a very close game. And in the first game, it was that it came down to the last possession. Bronny didn't take a shot in any of the last three possessions. And what he was doing at the offensive end, he wasn't even looking at the back. He was just throwing it, it, the ball was just going through him. He get it. He was moving it to somebody else. And these were game winning possessions. He did not take a shot on the last three possessions. And I believe he was the leading scorer. I didn't have access to the stats, but I believe he was the leading scorer in that first game with about 15, but did not take a shot on the last three possessions on a one possession game. And um, it's kind of interesting because I had uh, did a show or I had did an episode on my show where I was talking about how a lot of NBA players are tailoring their games. Right. And they either shooting threes or going all the way to the basket. Right. And it just kind of reminded me because you said he basically just lives outside of the three point line. Do you think that that's like um, purposely uh, designed for him to just try to construct some outside three point game because that's what a lot of the NBA point guards are going to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But okay, so let let's deconstruct that whole thing. So now we know that this was LeBron's critics early in his career that he would, again, at the end of games, he would hover out around the three-point, what they call take bailout shots. And that's not modern basketball, though, and because that's not even LeBron anymore, by the way. It's not LeBron anymore. Uh, the modern game, and what a lot of people in the stadium were saying, you know, I talked to a lot of people, actually, uh, you know, at the concession area, just in the stands and stuff. There seem to be what I'm seeing is a passive kid, not hanging out around the three point line to develop a three point game. There's a passiveness about him. And most of the, uh, the scouting service has him as a combo guard. One of them has him as a point guard. But me and you both know in the modern game, the modern perimeter player is John Morant, who if he had fake and go around and he's going to dunk on you. Curry. He hangs out around the three-point line, but he'll go around you. Dane, a lot of them are under that mold of the old AI mode. I think he was the first one that came up with AI, wasn't that kind of three-point shooter. But then Kyrie, and then now even LeBron. You know, that's really not modern basketball. If you're going to hang out around the three-point line, you got to be a shooter. And I just didn't see him. Like I said, you're saying that he hang out around the three-point line because he's trying to develop a game. He didn't really shoot enough for me to say he was trying to develop a three-point game. He was outside just being passive. There wasn't a there just wasn't any aggressiveness there at all. So it, it's hard to say if it, this was by design. I don't know. I, I just I didn't it couldn't have been uh for me, uh, as I spoke to some of the guys in the, you know, some of the guys in the stand, I think people wanted to see him shoot the ball and, you know, be aggressive, you know, put on a show. And then in the end, you would hear guys, oh, well, you know, he he plays that relaxed style. And, you know, he lets the game come to him. 
And uh, he likes to get everybody else in the game first. That ain't even modern basketball. It's not really. You know, it's not. You know, there ain't. there's no such thing as a relaxed style anymore. Or the game comes to him. What does that mean anymore? We're, we're at games, if you're looking at the NBA, we're looking at games in the 125 and 130. When, you know, you got to take the game to somebody else. You can't wait till it come to you. And this getting everybody else in the game, I agree with that. That You know, I, I've seen John Moran. He gets everybody else in the game. He tries to get everybody else in the game, you know, first quarter. But after that, he, he knows what his job to do. He's got to get 35 or 40 points to make this thing work. Right. I'll give you an example of when I seen somebody let the game come to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching the IBEL tournament in Lexington and I went to go see Malik Monk the year before he was, well, the summer into him coming to Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of corny, but the team that I watched him play against started off playing the two, three zone. Right. Mm-hmm. or maybe it was a 1-3-1 one, one or something. I can't remember, but they were playing some kind of zone, which I think AAU, that's kind of corny, right? right. So I don't think, uh, you know, Monk was probably used to playing one-on-one man-to-man defense. So he wasn't forcing shots. He was he was swinging the ball. He was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like he wasn't getting frustrated. He was waiting for his moment. And... I feel like me as a fan, I was more frustrated watching because I was waiting to see him go off, right? And and then all out of nowhere, the team that he's playing against goes back into man-to-man, and then he scored like like 12 straight points after that. And then I was like, okay, he's what what everybody advertised him as. I'm happy his kids come to Kentucky, right? And and that's that's an example of me feeling like he let the game come to him. He waited for his his right. moment, and then when his moment came, he capitalized. Listen, uh, and I agree with you. And this is what everybody in that gym, Marietta High School, over the last two days was waiting for, and never saw it. Now, let me even tell you this much: he never took two shots in a row in two games. Never took two shots in a row. He never hit back-to-back attempts. And he just never got on the road. You can't get on a roll if you're not going to take shots on two or three possessions in a row. You can't get on a roll. It, it, to me, you didn't plan to get on a roll if you never took two shots in a row. Me and you both didn't play street basketball. If you hit a shot, you, you're thinking everyone's going to fall after that. You're not coming down and looking to get somebody else into He never took two shots in a row. It's really interesting, too, because me included and a lot of guys that are probably way less talented than Bronny James, we have this attitude like every time we get the ball, we can score. So it's just kind of actually weird when I see players that are way more gifted Mm -hmm. that kind of play that way. And I wanted to ask you a question because I know um, when Bronny was a little bit younger, he was playing on a team and Scottie Pippen Jr. was on the team, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How would you compare him to like Scottie Pippen Jr.? Um, I think Scottie Pippen Jr. is a much better player. He's much more fluid. Um, I, there's there was something about and keep in mind I know this is AAU. I, I've seen AAU uh, basketball before. I know this is not your school team where you know you guys play together, grew up in the same neighborhood, the whole thing, but. What I see out of a guy like Scottie Pippen Jr. is he is a leader, both with his play, verbally. He he earns respect from the other players. Even if you like, again, we play street football, uh, basketball. I play, you know, city league and stuff like that. Players know when there's some guy on the team is the best player, and he plays like the best player and he handles situations like the best player. Right. And I think Scottie Pippen Jr. does this whenever I've seen him on the court. What I saw out of Bronny was I'm not sure either he wants to be the best player on the team. He just want to be one of the guys or does he understand that that's his role? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to say Scottie Pippen Jr. is a, 
I'm not going to say a considerably better player at the same age, but better. Got you. But uh, better. Um, and you know how you were talking about you felt like he didn't really want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think um maybe the pressure of being LeBron James' son and maybe everybody feeling like he's supposed to be some super uh, basketball athlete, do you think mm-hmm. it might be starting to get to him? Listen, um, not only do I think it's starting to get to him, I think it has already gotten to him. And mentally, he don't want any part of this. Uh, well, let me tell you what I saw, actually, that was just really kind of disturbing. Um, he he had a video crew following him everywhere he went. It's two bodyguards. And everybody is literally catering to him. In other words, he don't get in the huddles when the coach is drawing up plays. He stands outside of the huddle. The coaches, the first night I was close enough because I wanted to hear what the coaches were saying to him. They speak to him very measured. So does the referees. There seemed to be this sense that if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to get that call from LeBron. You know what I'm saying? You, you can just feel it. And that's what I. one of the things that I'm going to write about. I call it the LeBron James effect. It was almost as if everybody around him knew that if I don't do what he says or if I say something the wrong way or if I push him too hard, I'm going to get that call from LeBron. And I don't know if this whole thing has just not caught up to him that I think, you know, I'm going to imagine he's LeBron's son. He's probably very interested in basketball as he uh, grew up. But at some point, and I think this happens to a lot of young athletes, when it turns into a job, it changes. And that's where he's at right now. He, he He's an entity. Uh, he feels like a media-generated entity rather than a true hungry athlete. And as I talked to one of the players from the team from Chicago, Chi-Town, something, I forget the name, um, and I was talking to him, he was saying that it's going to be very difficult for Bronny to get that hunger in his belly like his players which all grew up in the hood in Chicago. Guys that know if they can't do it in basketball, they're just not going to do it. They're going to be on the corner. They're going to be selling dope. Uh, There will be no scholarship. There will be no going to college. And it's going to be very difficult. This is what he said. It's going to be very difficult for Bronny to keep that hunger throughout and go to the NBA and deal with all those challenges. And, um, to be honest with you, I'm just going to give you my final assessment now, and then I'll give you my final grade. Based on what I saw this past weekend, I don't think Bronny's going to be playing basketball two years from now. Mm. Uh, he, I didn't see a player that was interested in playing basketball for a living. There's no way you could. And, and, and one of the things that I point out is, listen, this team, Honcho, they was calling him out. They was getting in his head. This is the game last night where he scored with two points, calling him a bitch, and he never woke up. As a matter of fact, the referee said something to one of the players. I, I heard it. It sounded like bitch. And then the coach pulled this kid, you know, like you know, a few minutes later and sit him on the bench and was over there giving him the what for because they was, they was going at him, throwing the ball back at him after they scored, getting all up in his face. A 17-year-old kid's competitiveness is supposed to come out then. Even if you were jet lagged, even if you didn't want to play. When you're on a basketball court and somebody calls you a bitch, you're supposed to be giving the ball. That should be the next. He was just, you know, just running down court and shuffling his feet. I never saw him run full speed. Be honest with you, neither game. Never saw him run full speed. So I'm coming to the conclusion that I'm not looking at a guy who, you know, you hear this in in draft talk all the time, watch the NBA or the NBA NFL draft. This guy don't love playing basketball, don't love playing football. I never even looked at it as anything other than media talk. But when I saw what I saw this weekend, I saw a player who don't love playing basketball. 
That's wild, man. Uh, let me um, just to try to take a different angle on that, right? Mm-hmm. To try to give the young man some credit, to try to figure out something different. Do you think it's any possible way that maybe he could be in the same mind frame as like maybe the Davion Clowning was when mm-hmm. he he kind of knew like I'm going to play in the NBA, mm-hmm. so let me just take it easy, not do right. too much, not right. uh maybe put myself in a position to be injured. Let me just coast my way through this process and get Mm -hmm. to the NBA and then turn it on. Do you think it's any possible way that he could be going through that? He could be, but as we saw, Jadavion Clowney never turned it on. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Right. It's interesting that you say this. LeBron's other son played on the 16th and other team. His name is Bryce. He was spry. He listened to the coaches. He was aggressive. As a matter of fact, let me take that back. Every player that got on that court was super aggressive. Everybody looked like they knew that there were college scouts there and or NBA scouts, except for Brian. Mm. Everybody else was on high, trust me. And LeBron's got a son named Bryce, who's right behind Bronny, who may get a chance to develop. Because he don't have this spotlight. Most people didn't even know that was his son. Hell, I didn't. I heard somebody, when I first came in, the 16 and under on, uh, was finishing up on the Friday game. And I kept hearing, go by James. And I'm like, damn, the game didn't already started? So I find out just in the crowd, oh, that's his other son, Bryce. Now, he's skinny, uh, you know, built like a broomstick. He wore these big goggles. But he got a nice little shot. And he could probably put some weight on and develop into a pretty good player. But I see a hunger in Bryce, because I watched him again the second time yesterday. I see a hunger in Bryce that I don't see in Bryce. And you know what's interesting? I have not paid attention to Bryce yet, but a lot of people have kind of echoed the same sentiment. A lot of people are saying that they think Bryce might end up being the one out of the boys. This guy was hitting the ground for loose balls. He played hungry. He played like his brother is getting all the highlights and he wants some. That's the way he played. He played hungry. And if what you're saying is true, that uh, Bronny is just putting it on cruise control and then once either he gets to college for a year, you know he'll only stay one year, or he goes to the G League, then he's going to turn it on. I just let's let's just say that is the case. I don't see a skill set that would take him to that. You know, you, you brought up Jadavion Clowney. I saw a I saw a skill set in Jadavion Clowney. Speed off the edge, good use of his hands. Do I turn the corner good? I saw something that he could work with. He just didn't do it every down in college. Right. So you could say that hey, if he done what he done on this play and on that play. If he can get that and do it every down, we got something here. I just didn't see nothing out of Bronny that I could pick away and say, okay, this is this is what we're looking at. Um, I, you know, I guess this might be a good time to give me give me his final grade. <laughs> Let me hear what's his what's the final score, final grade okay. for Bronny James. Now this is based on what I saw. I had to give him a D plus. D plus. <laughs> uh, I'm giving him credit for having jet lag in that second game. This didn't look like a basketball player. So my, and I did see him yawning on the bench before the game. So this may have been somebody who, I don't know, was partying all night, jet lag, didn't really care. But his overall skill set is still a C plus. There's just, he's not a pure shooter. He has good handles, not great handles. If he's got the speed to turn the corner on people, I never saw it. He plays standing straight up too much. And what bothered me most was his uh, lack of competitiveness. They're just, you know, when Team Honcho start calling him out and trying to get in his head and calling him a bitch, you got to wake up. This has nothing to do with whether you're tired or not. You know? You went out to uh, me and you were talking. You said you went out to the movies last night and you were tired. If in the line 
at, if you're going to the theater, somebody called you a bitch, you're ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be some fight in this guy, and there just is none. There is none. I don't see, and, and for people to call, oh, it's a relaxed game, and he's just waiting. Well, what happens when you get called a bitch? I'm expecting to see somebody who get called out. If you didn't want to do anything when you came there, your goal was just, to, oh, I'm going to put it in cruise control. Well, somebody call you a bitch on the game, that changes everything. And one of the reasons, um, you know, because I have a prime example of that, and that's Tyler Hero, right? They played mm-hmm. at Kentucky. I watched mm-hmm. a, a a game of Tyler Hero and he's playing against all black guys and they all up in this shit. They talking crazy oh, yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. And Tyler Hero ended up eating them alive, right? And that's when I knew Tyler Hero was for real, right? Now I didn't know yeah. how good he was gonna be at Kentucky, but I knew he was good enough to be at Kentucky when I seen that. Because he didn't really say too much back to him. You know, he gave him a little smirk here and there, but then he just started lighting him up. I would have expected the same thing out of Bronny. I ain't expecting you to get all up in their face. There was this sense about him, though. And, and you're going to get that. He's got a camera crew following him around everywhere. That you're going to say, well, you know, I'm Bronny James and you are not. So I'll be above all of this talk. But still, give me that ball. Next time, they give me the ball. There was none of that. And in those last three possessions, I'm telling you about in that first game, I'm expecting to clap, give me the ball. There's none of this. There's just too much quiet passiveness about him that I saw this the first time I saw him play a year ago and that hasn't changed. So, you know, and I look at it was something else that I wanted to point out that I'm looking at 247 sports has him as the 39th combo guard in the country. They graded him out as 92%. Now, you may not have heard me say this on Facebook, but uh, I consider 247 as the the do-all, end-all in recruiting. You got rivals, you got ESPN, but I followed 247, and because their assessments are usually very close to mine, and I used to do assessments, I've always thought 247 is I'll take their judgment over anybody else's. The gentleman there named Eric Balsey, another guy named Evan Daniels, they make statements like, plays with toughness on defense and an impressive shooter. I'm going to have to change the way I look at 247 sports. <laughs> because if you gave him a 92 grade, I think at Sierra Canyon, he's not even averaging 12 points, I don't think. And toughness on defense, there's no way on earth that player that I saw this weekend has shown anybody over a long stretch of time that he's tough on defense. I just refuse to believe that. So what I'm saying is I think a lot of these guys now are reading other guys' headlines and are just basically parroting what they're reading somebody else say. And I believe this entire industry, and I'm going to write about this, is under the guidance of the LeBron James effect. They don't want to say something negative towards LeBron. Gotcha. Well, it's going to be LeBron soon. Because they don't want the backlash that comes for it. And I look, ESPN has him 40th, the 40th player in the country coming out to 2023, 88 grade. Rival Sports has him as the 30th player in the country. I just this is this this is not true. There's nothing about what I've now I've seen him play three times. I saw him play a year ago. I give him credit for his body. The, his command of the game is much better than I saw a year ago. His body, he looked like he's been doing the work in the weight room. And I would imagine that as LeBron's son. But the reality is what I'm seeing is a guy that is probably very well coached by LeBron, very well schooled on nutrition, weightlifting, things of that nature. But there's no specialness there. There's no specialness. He looks like a coach's son but without the specialist. Right. <laughs> you know, without the specialist. Um, so I, I really don't, I, I kind of, I think I do know what's going on, and I spoke to you about it earlier, if you want to get into that, in this video game, and because I believe it may explain what I saw, and I think it's something, and I've read a couple of articles on it, that's probably concerning LeBron. 
So uh, as I spoke to you uh, earlier, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook, Justin Harris, me and him went back and forth about Bronny. It's been about a month ago. And so he told me that Bronny was more interested in video gaming than being an athlete. Mm. And I, you know, I just let it go in one ear and out the other. I didn't even know he was involved with video gaming, to be honest with you. And I actually keep up with esports, you know, slightly. I'm on Twitch. So I've done a little bit of research and I found out that <laughs> Bronny James joined a phase claim about a year ago. Now, for those who don't know, uh, FaZe Clan is the top earning esports team out. They've been around about 10 years, and they mainly do these uh, first-person uh, shoot, uh, first-person game, Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, Fortnite, that kind of stuff. Not really in the sports. They, the only sports they do is uh, they're in something called Rocket League, which is a car version of soccer. Don't try to get me to explain it. I just, you know, I just read about it. And... He joined this team during the pandemic. Two articles I've already read about said that LeBron is concerned about his video game. So I think LeBron is looking at this guy like, are you drifting into, you know, video playing and not wanting to get in the gym and do the stuff that you need to do there? Because esports is extremely profitable. Everybody on the esports, on a phase plan is getting paid. Right. 15 million followers, 12 million followers. Most of them making three, four million dollars a year. Now that might not be the kind of money he can make in the NBA, but maybe Bronny ain't seeing himself in the NBA. Right. Yeah. And if you're sitting with a father that's sitting on a billion dollars and you can make three or four million yourself and sit in the AC and play and ain't got to get in front of these fans and ain't got to listen to people heckle you and ain't got to listen to people judge you, that may be where his head is at. And uh, let me tell you something. FaZe Clan is the one to be with. Right. They sponsors are Nissan, Verizon, Manchester United, big money, uh, English soccer team. I we back uh sports and discourse and man we had a big technical difficulty but we got it figured out and we're gonna finish this thing up so before we left off my guy big a anthony richardson was telling me a very interesting um piece of information about Bronny james and his um love and affinity for video games so uh could you uh start back uh telling us about the video game situation well, like I was saying, uh, a good friend of mine from Facebook, uh, Justin Harris, told me about a month ago that Bronny was more interested in being a video gamer than an athlete. And as I said, I just let that go in one ear and out the other. I hadn't heard anything about it. So I just moved on. But, you know, after what I saw this weekend, it seemed like something else was on his mind other than basketball. So I've done a little bit of research. And to my surprise, I found out that Bronny had joined FaZe Clan. And for those of you who don't keep up with esports, FaZe Clan has been around about 10 years. It is the top earning esports team out there. And they basically do mostly uh, first person shooter games, you know, Call of Duty, Counter Strike, Fortnite. Uh, But the only sports that they do is. uh, a thing called Rocket League, which is a car version of soccer. Mm. I have no idea what it is. But so is this what's in his head now? Let's be clear. Uh, FaZe Clan's team members are getting mad paid. Their sponsors are Nissan, Verizon, Manchester United. Mm. And my thought is, has LeBron, uh, has Bronny's mind shifted over to being a video game. Apparently, this is his greatest love. Uh, I've read a couple of articles, and LeBron James does not like it one bit. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, that he's spending more time with that control in his hand, and maybe he's working on his skills a little less, and just have totally, he's 17. Right. That's totally interesting. 
And the even more scarier part of it is when I, you know, I'm on Twitch and I found out that people that fall into this video game lifestyle kind of fall out of the real world. And the other two big time athletes that just recently signed with FaZe Clan was Kyler Murray and Ben Simmons. I had heard about Ben Simmons. Now, the Kyler Murray is news to me, and um, it's kind of interesting because he's having a lot of issues with the Cardinals. But I had heard about Ben Simmons, and, and man. Listen, man, I just say it. What I see out of the video gamers is they fall out of love with reality and fall into this digital reality. And I don't know if you want to be saying it in the same sentence as Ben Simmons if you're a basketball player. Definitely not. Um and that's wild, man, because, you know, I had heard some rumors of, you know, they were saying like, uh, what was it? Ben Simmons uh, spent like some crazy amount of time uh, streaming some video games yeah. before the, uh, you know, while the uh, while the while the Nets was getting busted by the Celtics or something like that. And, right. and right. a lot of people was very critical of him for that. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know. I got to tell you, Derek, based on what I saw this weekend, I would have to say Bronny's mind is more in the video game than basketball. And that's going to be my final statement. And it's, cra- it's crazy that you said that because a lot of people, um, I think society in general, video game is, is became way more popular than I ever envisioned it would be. Exactly. Um when I was younger, I played video games. I, I actually stopped playing video games at an early age. I probably stopped playing video games before I was even 21. But mm-hmm. I noticed the trend, and it just seemed more and more people and more and more adults play mm-hmm. video games now. And it's almost like um an escape from reality, like you said. People, you know, especially, uh you know, not not to say poor people, but average people, they work mm-hmm. hard all day and they yep. come home and it's like um like me I I might drink a little bourbon and smoke some cigars to relax but mm-hmm. the average person comes home and right. to relax or escape reality they play video games well if you're not on Twitch or, or haven't went over and checked it out another thing that is probably going to disturb most people is the language in the rooms it's totally homophobic totally racist gloves off on any topic while they're gaming a lot of it and I don't know some of it's funny but a lot of it is the kind of language if you're a Ben Simmons or Kyler Murray or Bronny James you don't want outside of that digital realm right got you so I don't know if me saying this is going to send people over looking for these guys online because I know a lot of people didn't know about this. I didn't know about it to the extent I just clicked a few times and got this information. But once I jump on Twitch next time, I'm probably going to be looking for these guys, looking for their handle. And I got to tell you, man, uh, it's different than the other social media platforms because the language is... (laughs) Uh, let's just say again, this ain't the kind of language you want to have out in the public. Right. And I, I heard of a lot of people getting deals um, to go on Twitch and stream, you know, they got to do a certain amount of hours each month or whatever it is. And they make a certain Mm -hmm. amount of money. And I'm sure that somebody like a Ben Simmons or like a Bronny James could make an extreme amount of money because just their popularity, they're going to bring an insane amount of viewership to the platform. So, it would not shock me at all um, to see Bronny James go in this direction because, you know, a lot of a lot of people, when they have these very prestigious parents and these very successful parents, it's just kind of hard to live up to that. And it, it just puts so much unnecessary pressure on you because right. you're not allowed to just be average or be just good enough. Like they expect you to be at least as good as your father or better. And in most cases, that's going to be impossible. Well, I I looked at a situation. Remember Snoop Dogg's uh, son? When he, uh, Trey? Yeah. As a, yes, I remember Trey. He signed with UCLA. 
He was on that reality show. There was nothing in his eyes that told me he wanted to play football. This was all Snoop wanting him to play football. He he played out at Gorman out in Vegas, Bishop Gorman. He was a pretty good player. I'm not going to say that he got his scholarship to, uh, to UCLA because he was Snoop's son, but it helped. He was not that kind of player to me. But he ended up quitting. He never played at UCLA. Right. I seen that. He, wa- he wanted to do music. And the whole time, I think it was Snoop pushing him. Snoop wanting him to be this football player. You know, Snoop was into football and coaching him when he was younger. And I just don't think the kid, I, everything about the look on his face told me he didn't want to play football. Right. And it's crazy because I think I remember him making a statement that was kind of, um, mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking to yeah. me because I, I'm a parent as well. And I, yep. his statement was something like, um, he said, I just played football cause I just wanted my dad to love me, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah. like I couldn't imagine being his father and hearing that because, you know, I had a daughter, right. And I was actually talking about this earlier today, which is kind of interesting. Uh, when me, my wife and my daughter was on the way to the movies and I was talking about how I had my whole, like my daughter's whole entire life planned out for her. Right. <laughs> I was, I was talking about how I was going to turn her into this superstar basketball player. I told her like, you know, at the time, you know, Tennessee was the top women's program or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, she going to get a scholarship to Tennessee and I'm never going to wear a uh, Tennessee gear. I'm always going to wear Kentucky gear to her game. And um, but I'm going to always be at every single one of them cheering her on. I just had these elaborate ideas of what I was getting ready to try to make her life into. Exactly. And I even tried golf because like I tell people, um, 40 percent of uh, scholarships for females go unused every year in golf. So I'm yep. thinking in my head, you don't even have to be that good and I can get your education paid for. Right. So I had all of these visions for my daughter's life and my daughter doesn't care about sports at all. And I had to just let go of that, man. Like Mm -hmm. I had to just be like, well, I just had to let her grow into who she was going to become and fall back. And I know how disappointing it would have been if my daughter said I just did something because I just thought like that's the only way my dad would love me. Right. Well, look at where Bronny's at. LeBron's already saying he's not going to retire until Bronny gets to the pros. Mm. And Bronny is not an NBA caliber player right now. My assessment is he's the type of guy, if somebody took him right now, wasn't scared of LeBron, because that seems like where his growth is going to be stunted. In other words, get one of these big coaches that just says, I'm going to coach your son, like a Coach K or someone, and I can't have you being involved. I'm going to turn him into an NBA player. They may get a guy that they could turn in four years, maybe an NBA player, but I don't see any drive out of him to want to be an NBA player. And he's going to, I do believe break LeBron's heart when he says, you know, when the realization come today, you need to make your own decision about retiring. I don't believe it's my dream. There's nothing in his body language. There was nothing in this kid's aura that told me he wants to play in the NBA. And that's why I made the statement, I don't think he's going to be playing basketball two years from now. I just can't see him doing it. Well, I would be very surprised if he did. Yeah, man. Well, either way, man, good good luck to uh, Bronny James. Um, of course, of course. You know, I've been critical of it. That's the gamer, by the way. Yeah, right, right. And I, I have been critical of his game um, because I didn't see, you know, all the – and I put it like this. I'm only critical of the kid's game because they talk about it like it's just a far-gone conclusion that he's going right. to the NBA, right? Exactly. And um, I just didn't never really see that type of player. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I wanted to, you know, talk to somebody that's seen him live in, in right. person because I had only, you know, seen limited clips of him. Um, so, you know, so I, I appreciate you sitting down, taking this time out to talk to me about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, give everybody a real good perspective on Bronny's, uh, Bronny James's game. Um, but before I let you go, um, I want you to plug all of your blogs and things so that 
people know how to reach you and how they can get in contact with you and see, you know, more uh, of a deeper perspective on how you felt about Bronny and other things like that. Right. Well, I'm definitely coming out with one probably in the next week about my experience, my entire experience for this weekend. Uh, but you can find uh, me on several different sports-related blogs on Big A Knows It All at WordPress. And uh, you can also see a lot of my uh, farming stuff. Uh, I go uh, under the City 5 Farmer. And um, and so you'll be seeing some stuff as I just went in the ground this weekend with all my plants. But um, – You'll see something in the next week or so about my experience with uh, this weekend. And it's going to be centered around the LeBron James effect. I think it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting read because his influence was all over that property from the time I stepped on to that property at Marietta High School with the way people talked about him. You would almost thought he was going to be playing the way that the talk amongst the fans were. Right. <laughs> so, um, very interesting read. But yeah, and I appreciate you giving me the plug and giving me the time to sit on here and run my mouth. Uh, in closing, now for all the LeBroners, this is a totally unbiased view. I sit down and watch Bronny. If Bronny had came out and scored 30 every game and dominated everybody on that court, that's exactly what I would have sat down and said. So you got exactly what I saw, clear as uh, as a pane of glass. Yes, sir. There you have it, man. Well, yeah, man, I ain't going to hold you too long. I already know we uh, you had things to do. We went overboard. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to let you wrap, man, and we'll, we'll get back at it another time, man. You know how sure. we do. Sure. I'm sure I'll have you on sooner than later, and we'll get at it. Sports and Discourse with Derek Stevenson.